Thank you so much for tuning into our Stolen Lunches podcast. We're going to dive into our 6 a.m. prayer where we like to start the day inspired and collective as a community. So for more details and to send your prayer requests, log on to StolenLunches.org. My name is Stephanie, and I'm going to be leading us in prayer today. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for joining us. We have prayer calls every Monday and Wednesday at 6 a.m., We also have our virtual Bible studies every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. We would love for you to join us in either of those, um, but we are so thankful that you have spent time, um, sacrificed your time, especially with daylight savings. I know this is a struggle um, to get up this early, but I just wanted to say thank you uh, for joining us as we stand and believe uh, in miracles in the name of Jesus. And um, I'm super excited to share with you a little bit of what I have been studying, what God has placed on my heart. Um, And before I do so, I'm going to open us up in prayer, and then we'll dive right in uh, to the scripture. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you that uh, you have given me uh, a word to speak. Lord, I pray that you would use me as your microphone, your PA system from heaven. Um, Lord, use me as your vessel. Speak through me um, to each individual person. God, I commit this time to you. May our hearts and minds be open and receptive uh, to what you have. Amen. We are going to jump right into the scripture. Um, If you are on the call, you can go ahead and mute yourself. Um, There will be a time at the end where you can unmute And then I will take prayer requests at this time. Just make sure that you are muted. So we're going to jump right into the scripture. And I hope it's okay. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching today. I'm going to teach the text. And if you haven't ever heard of that term, it basically just means that we are going to take a deep dive into a set of scriptures to go uh, deeper, to have a better understanding. So I need you to turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. And this is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So go ahead, grab your notes, turn to Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to be jumping into Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And now before I, before I really dive in, I want to help you remember this story. And I'm going to give you a little bit of context of how I remember it. So, you know, like in Sunday school, you know, you're in your small little class and you have how many of our little kids? Well, I grew up in the mountains. And when I mean mountains, like the mountains of Western North Carolina, a super, super small town, got one stoplight. You know, don't blink because you might miss it. One of those type of towns. Well, in my little Sunday school class, you know, we're learning this Bible study. We're learning about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and at the end of class, uh, my Sunday school teacher asked, you know, what did, you guys, what did you learn today? And there was this little boy, and he jumped up, and he said, two little boys and a billy goat went through the fire and came out alive. And my teacher was like, two little boys and a billy goat? And he said, yeah, you said a billy goat. And she goes, no, honey, I said a bendigo. And he goes, oh, not a billy goat? And she's like, not a billy goat. So go ahead, laugh. The little boy mistakenly thought that she said a billy goat instead of a bendigo, but from where I, where I came from, it made perfect sense. 
Um, so the teacher obviously was laughing. Everyone in the class was laughing. Uh, but it, it was so funny that I have always remembered this story because the little boy in the class thought a billy goat was a bendigo, and it definitely wasn't. Um, so now that I made you laugh, uh, I do that to make you listen. So we've got to get our characters straight. So we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they um, refused to worship King Nebuchadnezzar. This made him really angry, and that's what we're going to pick up in our text. We're going to be in verse 13 and 14. So I'm going to teach the text. We're going to take a deep dive. I'm going to extrapolate a few uh, truths and foundational points that I believe will help us as we become battle ready. So in verse 13, the text reads, Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Is it true? Those three words are what we're going to zoom in on in these verses. Is it true? You know, it is one thing to make a stand for God. It's a greater thing to stick to your stand when pointedly asked, is it true? I mean, think about Peter. He followed Jesus after his arrest, but then when asked, he wilted. He denied Jesus when he was asked, is it true? So let me ask you, is it true? Who is your God? This leads me to my first point in becoming battle ready. And point number one is declare who your God is. Point number one, declare who your God is. See, God is the way, the truth, and the life. I've studied the names of God because I want to know who God is. He is my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He's Jehovah Rapha, my healer and physician. He's Jehovah Nisi, a banner over me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew who their God was, and they declared his name, the name of Jesus, over their situation. You can do the same. Jesus over your marriage. Jesus over your finances. Jesus over your children, your body, your work, your future, your home. I want you to declare the name of Jesus over your situation. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, and that's what we can do today because it is at the name of Jesus that the enemy has to flee. It's at the name of Jesus that we boldly declare and we boldly stand in agreement with Jesus, knowing that he is our provider. He is our healer. He is a banner over me. Declare who your God is. That's point number one. Now in verse 15, it reads, Now you hear the sound of the horn, the lute, zither, lie, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music. 
If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? That last sentence, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Point number two, watch for the enemy. That last sentence is a question. Nebuchadnezzar is questioning their beliefs. He's questioning if they will actually stand when faced with this blazing furnace, with the possibility of death. He's questioning what will, who will you stand for? So point number two is watch for the enemy. You take a stand and you take a stand for Christ and you know who immediately is coming in right behind a distraction, the devil, the enemy. Something that I'm learning is that Satan is always the second sower. I'm just going to let that sit right there for just a minute. Satan is always the second sower. Think about it. You study the word in the morning. You get up. You fill yourself up with the word of Jesus. You go out into your day, something terrible happens. Or, you know, think about it. You get saved. And then oftentimes people think that their life is just going to be this joyful bliss. No, there's trials that usually immediately come any time that you take a stand for Christ. If we look back in Scripture, think about the Scripture in Matthew where there's the good farmer. He goes out and he sows a seed. And then that very night, the enemy came in and sowed um, the tear or the, the weeds in with the wheat in order to try to destruct what was just sown. Well, what about in Genesis? You have the Garden of Eden. God created Adam and Eve. It's this beautiful place. But then who comes slithering in? The serpent. So you've got to watch for the enemy as you are preparing for the battle or as you are in your trial, right in the middle of it. Watch for the enemy because the enemy is there to steal your joy and your confidence and your peace and your hope. But on today, you're going to start recognizing the enemy. You're going to say, nope, I know what that is, and I declare that that is not from the Lord. And when you recognize and expose the enemy and you declare the name of Jesus over it, he has to flee. So I pray that as you are in your battle, that your eyes and ears would be attuned to the Holy Spirit, to God's word, so that you're not deceived and fooled by the enemy who is dead set on destroying you. Point number two, watch for the enemy. Jumping down in verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, 
we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Verse 18, but even if he does not. This point right here, I think, is the hardest, most painstaking, fundamental truth in being that already. Um, And that is submitting to God's will. In the text, it reads, but even if he does not. I know that that sometimes can be difficult to take in and to understand and to really uh, wrestle with. But have you ever prayed, not my will, but your will, God? Have you ever sacrificed something that was so near and dear to your heart? Maybe it's your desire for marriage. Maybe it's a desire to have children, a dream job, um, whatever it may be, something that you hold near and dear to your heart. It's coming to that place of being in complete surrender to God and saying, God, I know you can do it, and I believe you will. But even if you don't, you are still God, and I will still stand, and I will still worship you. And through this, your name will be glorified. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a good understanding and appreciation of submission to God. <clears throat> they knew his power, but they also knew that they must do what was right, even if, even if God did not do what they expected or, or hoped him to do. You know, why do we, why do, why is this in there? Why is this in the text? Because oftentimes when I read that, I don't want to read it. Um, but the truth is you can't, if you read something in the Bible that you don't like, it's probably that you need to search your own heart. And when I read this the first time, I didn't like that. And I said, well, that can't be true. But then I was like, no, it has to be true because it's in the Bible. Um, why, why is this in there? Because this is a question that I've been wrestling with. Why is this in there? And what I'm realizing is because God is more interested in our heart for him and how our situation here on earth can glorify and magnify his name so that other people will become Christians, so that other people will come to know Christ, so that other people who may never step foot in a church, may never hear a sermon from a pulpit, but they'll see your life and they'll understand and know that there is a God. Maybe that's why this scripture is in there. Now the next verses that we're going to go through, I'm just going to, it's verses 19 through 24. I'm not going to read all those. I'm just kind of going to give you a little glimpse of, of what's happening here. After Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, said, no, we are not going to bow down to you, Nebuchadnezzar ordered the, the furnace to be heated seven times uh, the amount, the, seven times hotter than it usually was. And uh, so he made sure that these three men were tied together, um, that they were bound super tight, and then they were thrown into the blazing furnace. It was so hot that the soldiers that were putting them into the furnace, they actually died. So at this point, we'll pick up in, in verse 25. 
this is Nebuchadnezzar speaking, he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And the scripture right here, I just get so excited because it says, I see four men. And we know that there was only three that were thrown in, and that was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That fourth person was God. That leads me to my last and final point is know God is there in your battle. Know that God is in the fire with you. Know that he is in the storm with you. He's in the doctor's office. He's in your classroom. He's in your home. He's in your marriage. He's in the valley. He's even on the mountaintop. God is there, just like he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He was in the fire with him. So right now, I declare that God is Jehovah Shammah, and that means the Lord is there. Jehovah Shammah, spelled S-H-A-M-M-A-H. The Lord is there. And you get to declare that today, that the Lord is there, that the Lord is here with me right now. He's in my room as I'm speaking. He's in your room as you're speaking. He's in your car. He's in your office. Everywhere that you are, as a child of God, God is there with you. So I I did a little bit of, of research into what this phrase means and as I was digging into the Hebrew meaning, and the name indicates that God has not abandoned Jerusalem, leaving it in ruins, but instead that there will be restoration. And that's what I'm believing and declaring for you in your battle, that you would recognize God and that you would see him working and moving in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your fire, in the time of your desperate need, that God is there, that he's working to bring restoration. So if you, if you join in on, on this call a little bit late, I'm going to catch you up on the points uh, in being battle ready. Here's a little recap for you. Point number one, declare who God is. Point number two, watch for the enemy. Point number three, submit to God's will. And the last and final fundamental truth of being battle ready is know that God is there. Know that God is there. So on this morning, I hope that you have a better understanding of Daniel 3 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I hope that you were able to grab some, some truths for when you're in the battle because the thing is is that you're never not going to be in some sort of battle. We're always going to be fighting for something. So I hope that on, on this morning you're able to write some stuff down so that next time when you are in your time of desperate need, you'll be able to refer um, to these notes or even go back and read 
um, the, the, the text for yourself. So at this time, uh, I am going to pray for us. So if you could go ahead and make sure that your phones are muted. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then I will open us up for anyone else that would like to submit a prayer request. And you can do so at this time, and then I will pray over those. Um, thank you, God, for our time together. Thank you for your word, how it is alive and active. Thank you for your promises, for the way that you spoke to each individual person on this call. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We thank you that you are there with us right now, even as we speak. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to our 6 a.m. prayer. Again, you can join us every Monday and Wednesday at 6 a.m. Eastern. For more details, stolenlunches.org.